Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast your weekly dose of vegan chat and interviews with some of the leading names in the movement. Brought to you by the team at Vegan Food and Living, the UK's only vegan magazine. We're kicking off today's episode by talking about climate change and the protests taking place in the UK at the moment, including the disruption to the snooker, the horse racing, and the big one taking place this weekend in London run by Extinction Rebellion. But don't worry, it's not all doom and gloom. We also have some good news about mushrooms. And in part two, we're joined by Lara Hyman, who's here to just give us a moment of calm. She's a yoga expert and founder of The Lit Method. Um, She's talking about the concept of ahimsa, so not harming others. Yet despite this, why yogis aren't generally vegan. She shares what she eats in a day and talks about ways that we can just reset ourselves and use yoga to help us cope with the things that us vegans come up against on a daily basis. what seems like years i know it's only one week it's so ridiculous <laughs> if we ever don't do this podcast we're gonna be so sad we are just what's the word codependent yeah That's we, we are, are. unfortunately <laughs> what was your easter oh so lovely i just love easter to me it's like i think i might have said this on um in the lead up to easter it's like christmas but without the stress yeah yeah it's like an Nice celebration of spring, isn't it? If you're yeah, not religious. Exactly. exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, even at Christmas time, like I'm not celebrating any religion or whatever, but yeah. um, it's just nice to have people around, like see friends, like everyone sort of like back in town or whatever. And just the food. Oh, what, so what, what have you been making then? Because how's your um, Instagram account going? Oh. God, I'm loving it so much. I'm really having so much fun, and thank you to everyone um, for following. I had a bit of a influx of followers after um, the episode was, re- was released a couple of weeks ago, uh, so yeah, it's going really, really good. I'm definitely spending loads of money on ingredients now, though, because I'm just like, oh my god, I have to make this really, um, I don't know, technical dish that just <laughs> just to add content to my page. And my boyfriend's literally just like, I'm being fed so well, but stop <laughs> spending so much money on food. Um, oh no <laughs> that's the problem isn't it when the thing is when i when i take pictures of my meals every day they just look like something out of the 1980s no and that's not true no they seriously do molly i did like this really <laughs> cool salad the other day and i'd arranged it all nicely and i was like sat down to eat it i was like get a picture for instagram and i'm like <laughs> what am i doing it literally had like cherry tomatoes like dotted around the edge like some <laughs> Cute. I love that. I love that. No, it was bad. It was really bad. So uh, yeah, never mind. <laughs> it is hard. Like I'm the same though. I'm just kind of like trying to think of like plating and sort of lighting and stuff like that. And where my kitchen is, it's um, in the basement of our house. So you don't get an awful lot of light. It's a sort of artificial light. Um, you don't get sort of like glorious sunbeams coming in, but I know. it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's difficult, fine. isn't it? I've got a yeah. book actually that I was sent at some point. Um, I don't know why, but it's um, about photographing food, like the whole Ooh. thing. So I must send it to you. Yes, um, please. Because yeah, I think people get these sort of light boxes, don't they, or something, or they set up like a little 
yeah you can set up kind of like not stages but yeah sort of like yeah you have sort of like backgrounds and stuff and then um lights and all of that jazz but I think as I said if I start bringing that into the house my boyfriend will kill me Um, (laughs) because we've already just got so much stuff going on it's just yeah it's a bit mental um but yeah it's going so well been cooking loads of lovely food um oh the pavlova I cooked on Easter oh goodness gracious good so good why was it so good I don't know it was just amazing um the pavlova itself was like a little bit not set in the middle. I think I need to sort of like work on the timings a little bit better, but um, like it tasted amazing. It was just kind of like when you cut it, it just looked a little bit like an eaten mess and that's fine. It was delish. Exactly. Just go with that. Just call it that. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually an eaten mess. (laughs) We did this um, Palestinian sort of loose Mm. Palestinian theme. So I did like a pilaf. Um, which which I didn't follow the the recipe for. I thought, oh, I'll just cook the rice and then chuck everything in. But you were supposed to like cook the rice in like the spices and yeah, it makes so, a difference. Yeah, so I was trying to add in the flavor afterwards. So that was a bit of a disaster. Although everyone ate it and enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> what else did I do? I can't remember now. But it was it was lovely. It's just been so on and off with the weather, hasn't it? Like everyone keeps going, oh, it's twenty degrees next week, and I'm like, yeah. And then it's, it's like, not, it's raining. <laughs> it's raining <Yeah>. again. <laughs> Today, well, all this week, I've been so mugged off. I was literally just like, yeah, 18 degrees, sunshine, um, glorious weather, thunder and lightning, pissing down with rain. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Spring is here. This is what spring is like. <laughs> do you think it's um, do you think it's to do with climate change? Because I, I really want to talk to you about all everything that's sort of, it's all kicking off, isn't it? Like, yeah. Did you see the snooker? No. Oh my god! So just stop oil. Yeah, they basically broke into like the the snooker championship live, live on TV. I don't know what I channel. I didn't see this. Yes, and like every all the crowd were like swearing, and it was literally <gasps> live on like the BBC. I, I don't know what channel it was. I should have checked all this before we started recording. But <laughs> um, yeah, and they um, climbed onto the snooker table. And oh threw orange powder everywhere. <gasps> um, yeah, and then of course we had the um, the uh, horse racing, didn't we? Yeah, the Grand I National. Saw, um, was it Animal Rising? Yeah, they um, they de- like delayed it. Was it? I said something like indefinitely delayed. But I don't think that's true. I think no, it was, it was only delayed by like fifteen minutes and oh, okay. three <laughs> indefinitely. <delayed>. Yeah, <laughs> three horses died at, at um at the event. It's horrendous. It's actually it's just so bizarre to me how this is just kind of like an annual thing and people just don't really care. I know it's. I do feel like this year because obviously this weekend as well we've got um the big one in London which is. Um, Extinction Rebellion, and I just think protest, I, not yeah, horse riding. Prot- not <laughs> not horse riding. Sorry, my my brain's jumping around all over the place. But, um, I just feel like this year is a bit of a you know everyone's kind of like we need to do something now, yeah. whether well, it's I mean, animal rights or the environment or you know oil or whatever. It's all like getting pretty urgent now. Well, didn't um, one of the big organisations literally sort of did like a climate um, climate change report and it was just kind of like we're we're basically there like we're at the tipping point now where it's irreversible damage that we can never come back from or dramatic drastic dramatic drastic change needs to happen but it's just kind of in the back of my mind I'm just like oh I just don't think the change that needs to happen i.e massive oil corporations you know intensive farm animal farming all of that it's just it's not going to stop like i don't know maybe that's just a bit cynical of me but i just i i can't help but sort of like have this kind of like feeling in my gut it's just that i don't actually think that's well it's it's not gonna happen overnight is it so you know we're at a point now where it's urgent and we've you know it's almost like too little too late but yeah. I, they were talking about the um, the snooker thing on um, Radio 5 Live and they were saying that... So they had someone 
who was like an ex-professional snooker player and they had someone from Just Stop Oil. And I was like, oh my mm. God, this is going to be a massive clash. And actually yeah. the snooker player was saying that, you know, like what better way than to bring this to everyone's attention? Snooker yeah. is apparently, I didn't know this. I mean, snooker equals boredom to me. Like <laughs> I don't, I might play it, but I don't want to watch it. You know, oh, no, you don't want to play snooker. It's really hard. It's really complex. It, like, it's kind of like, I don't know, maths. It's, yeah. Hard. Oh, really? Oh, I'm yeah. talking like hit, you know, hit. It's a not like pool. In the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Way over my head, but anyway. Um, yeah, he was saying, you know, this is a massive global platform for for them yeah. to have a say, and actually, these issues are so important, and no one's listening. Yeah. And it was like, wow, I can't believe this. So yeah, that's quite reassuring. Yeah, a lot of people were obviously very upset. You know, this is. Um, you know, an, an event that these players have trained hard for and, you know, it's not fair and things like that. And I do see both sides of the argument, but I feel like we've got to the point where there's just no messing around now. We, yeah, exactly. Something's like got to change. And the training and all of this stuff, as you say, it's going to be all well and good, but you, you've got to have a planet to play sneaker on. Exactly. I know. I know. Like, it's so true. You know, it's got a kind of like one thing has got to give. And I think, uh, yeah, it is very reassuring that the sneaker player was sort of like, commending their actions mm. just up just up oil's actions um because i think i might be generalizing but as you said kind of like as soon as the activists sort of like stormed the stadium don't know the arena yeah. um they were kind of like being sworn at and you know i can imagine that a lot of people were probably calling them lefty tree huggers and all of this stuff and i think <laughs> it's kind of quite um nice to hear sort of someone from the other side as say like that these people might look up to it being like no these people are in the right like yeah. this is, action is needed this is what needs to happen yeah um uh, and it might sort of just get people thinking and just kind of like rather than being you know lefty snowflakes yeah i hope about so them. yeah they were also saying on the program that um we've got what we do in the next seven years is going to to have imp an impact for like thousands of years. Makes me feel sick. Like I, I know. <laughs> so it's like seven years. That is just nothing. So oh, it's stop it. <laughs> we're we're really freaking each this other is, out. I mean, this is what I mean. Though this is when I was saying about like um, that kind of like pit in my stomach, and it's just like, mm, is it? Are they actually going to do it? Like, are they actually going to listen? Is something going to change? Is uh, rich white men going to stop being greedy and, you know, mm. just think that their way is the right way and not really care about the future? Very overwhelming, <laughs> isn't it? I know. And we don't want to give everyone eco-anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to give everyone eco-anxiety. But at the same time, I think it's so important that we're we're having these conversations, albeit to vegans, you know, between sure. vegans. But still, it's good that it's been yeah. in the mainstream media more. And I think people are... For sure. I feel like the tide is changing a little bit and that people are seeing, you know, groups like Extinction Rebellion, um, Animal Rising, which was um, Animal Rebellion, wasn't it? They've changed names and sort of rebranded. Yeah. Um, I think, mm -hmm. you know, I do feel like people are becoming a bit more aware. Um, obviously, like I was saying, we've got th th this huge event, 100,000 people over four days outside Parliament with different things going on. Plant-based health professionals yeah. are there. The charity, Viva Charity are there. I think Chris Packham's there. Um, Dale Vince, who runs Ecotricity and also the Green, mm -hmm. oh, what's his football team? Green, uh, uh, Green Rovers. Is that it? Yeah, I think it's something Forest like Green that. Forest Green Rovers? Yes, yeah. that's it. So I really want to go. I just, I just, I'm, I don't go. know, I'm a bit scared, I think. Yeah, I just don't know whether to go up um, with with children. Like Saturday's like a family sort of march. So, mm. you know, it all should be quite peaceful. Because, I mean, I think if I'd if someone had said, would you go to London and, you know, take part in activism and a march and stuff a few years ago, I'd be like, no. I don't agree with, you know, sort of causing disruption and everything else. But like I said, now it just feels like things are... the Disruption needs to be caused. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And obviously, you know, I, I, I don't sort of 
support you know vandalism and things like that but yeah I do kind of I'm I'm definitely switching sides a little bit to we need to we need to get out there and and do more if we can I yeah I think the sense of urgency is very much there isn't it and as you say it's just kind of like you might not necessarily have these beliefs and I'm not as you say not condoning um you know violence and vandalism whatever but action needs to be had and as you say we've only got seven years um (laughs) so I think as well it is so easy to kind of as you were saying fall into this kind of like pit of eco-anxiety and just sort of have this like notion of helplessness um so recently and I say recently half an hour today I started following (laughs) this page called (laughs) um uh, called the happy broadcast and it is just like a little news Instagram page that just shares all the really sort of like great news that's happening kind of it's all fact checked as well so it's all legit um and it's just kind of positive news about the world and just everything um and this came up today so um the headline is in a breakthrough australian scientists have found two mushrooms that can break down plastics in 140 days um the highest degradation god i can't read degradation degradation yeah rate report worldwide um so this was in the science scientists at university of sydney discovered more experiments that they could use two types of mold commonly found in plants and soil um aspergillus terrarius um and endgidontinium album <laughs> i'm just such a scientist and i just love saying all of these words like i'm just really good at this I think I should just stop doing the podcast and just be a scientist. Be a scientist. I can see you in a white I'm... coat with some glasses. <sighs> Darling. Such a stereotype. Start it. I know. I love it. Um, to break down stubborn plastics, according to the findings published in the science journal, MPJ materials degradation. It took 19 days for the fungi, fungi to degrade 27% of the plastic tested and 140 days to completely break it down um which is oh just my mad god we're saved the mushrooms we're are saved. Save <laughs> <laughs> this is what kate nash was saying the other week and if you haven't listened to that episode you know go back and have a listen she's so lovely and she was saying you know that some mushrooms will come and save us and eat everything that we've made a, a mess of and actually yeah. it's it's probably and a lot of people are sort of saying you know actually the planet's gonna be okay it's us it's, it's the animals yeah, on it exactly. that, are, that, are suff- yeah. that are suffering. Um, when yeah. uh, going back to the Radio Five Live interview, someone um, phoned in and they were um, basically really skeptical about all this, uh, you know, catastrophic, you know, uh, uh, consequences that everyone keeps talking about. And, and the A climate was, change denier. Yeah, basically, he was saying, yeah. you know, these things never seem to happen, and it's like. They are happening right now. Yeah. It's just you're too privileged to not have to experience exactly, them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, our boss went to Mauritius, didn't she, a few weeks yeah. ago? And she was saying that climate change out there is real. And, you know, these islands are going to be swallowed up. That's it. Gone yeah. forever. And <laughs> anyway, back to, back to the mushrooms. Let's keep this back positive. <laughs> Holly, the mushrooms are going to save everything. It's, it's going to be all right. We're just going to chuck the fungi all over the massive piles oh. of plastic that we've we've got in the rivers and the <laughs> oceans. And a delicious salad. Yeah. <laughs> My favourite comment on that post was, how long until the mushrooms eat us? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, they'll be... It's yeah. literally going to be like the last of us, which yeah, I love. Literally cleaning the planet of all the bad things, including us humans. <laughs> I'm not mad at it, you know. If I die by a mushroom, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, yeah. I've eaten enough mushrooms, so it's about time they ate me. Eat me. <laughs> <laughs> um, something else positive that we've got um, mm. in the pipelines. We're going to start doing some lunchtime lives, some cook-alongs with Holly and Molly. And we're going to do it once a month. I think it's going to be the second Friday of every month. Um, But please keep an eye on our social media channels because we will be launching that this week. Um, How's it going to work, Molly? How is everyone going to 
cook along I'm with us. I'm literally just going to like be living my Nigella lifestyle. Oh, you're going to do it I'm all just, like gonna... sexy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <Hello. laughs> just going to pop this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... She's just ridiculous and I love her so much. I can't even mimic her because she's just, I don't want to yeah. take the piss out of her because she's no. amazing. I love her. Do but you? She's just Everything ridiculous. she cooks is like, you know, 20 barrels of cream and, you yeah. know. <laughs> 30 scoops of butter I'm like oh and <laughs> and we'll have to take it in turns you can do the uh the indulgent recipes and then I'll be doing like yes the I actually feel like healthy that's... ones no I think that's a very good mix because I yeah I am I have recently noticed since launching my Instagram page Molly Alice Eats um <laughs> cheeky plug um uh, that a lot of what i do eat is actually quite indulgent um but i suppose i only put like the sort of fancy stuff on there so yeah so to to join us you need to sign up to patreon.com forward slash simply vegan um from just two pound a month so if yes. um if you sign up to the higher tier there are other benefits such as monthly q a's with experts so we've got one coming up mm -hmm. with shireen kasam from the plant-based health professionals and you can ask her whatever you like and we're also going to be offering um ad free episodes on that tier so yeah yes. go and check it out it's quite exciting but our interview today is with um lara hyman who's like a, a yoga guru and I feel like Ooh. I feel like this is going to be a nice balance to our um you know our freaking out about the planet because Lara <laughs> will hopefully attack. just yeah Lara will just calm us all down help us to like reconnect mm. with nature and she Amazing. you know she's obviously vegan and she's going to be talking about how veganism and yoga kind of go hand in hand and just yeah, I feel like this is this is going to be nice. Just a it? deep breath. It's, yeah. it's a cool a cool pint of water, a deep breath, a bit of a walk outside. Yeah. Oh, that I'm feeling good. brand new. <laughs> feeling calmer already. I've not done any of those things in so long. Have I you... do small small glasses of water, really short dramatic breaths <laughs> and I stay indoors. <laughs> Have you ever done yoga? Have I ever done yoga? Of course I have. Adriana, Adriana, Adrian, yoga with Adrian. Oh, oh yeah. She's yeah. my queen in lockdown. Do you, oh, did you do it like quite a lot during lockdown? Yeah. So it started in lockdown and I don't do as much as I like to anymore, but I do. Basically, I am convinced I'm going to need a hip replacement when I'm older um, because I just have this issue with my left hip and it's kind of like if I lay down, I can't bring my leg up because it feels like it's tr my hip is like stuck oh my god it's so weird I know and I work out I like do all these things like to and exercising does help but yeah it's it's weird like I'll some days I'll be like kind of walking and I'll be stuck in this position I'm like oh my god I can't I can't move and I've got to like slowly pop my hip oh <gasps> how weird is that so strange but so yeah I did yoga to help and I feel like I need to kind of start doing it again, just kind of like yeah. once a week, 30 it minutes or whatever. It's so good, isn't it? And even if you're just doing like a really basic like yoga stretch, which is because mm. I'm I'm like you, I was I was doing loads of it during lockdown and I could do like, well, I couldn't do the headstands, but I could do some quite <sighs> cool like, look at me, which, yeah. which I know yoga is not about. You're not, it's not about showing off, but I, I still it's, showed it's off. About, it's about... <laughs> Yeah, show off, like, as if, because you're just showing off to yourself as well, like, you're not, it's not like you're going in front of people, unless you are, and that's absolutely fine as well, <laughs> unless you're, like, going in front of people and being like, look at me doing this tree pose, um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I can't stand on one leg at all, so, like, when I'm able to do it for, like, longer than five seconds, I'm like, God, I'm, the most amazing person in the whole world. I'm literally winning at yoga right now. Yeah. <laughs> one, one leg. <laughs> What's your favorite yoga pose? Well, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the cool one that I could do. Basically, you crouch down and then you mm. put your knees like into the the inside of your elbows like the bend of your elbows oh, okay. and then you yeah, take yeah. your feet off the floor i feel like it's like maybe eagle or something is it a crow crow pose oh that's it i knew it was a bird it might be crow yeah i think it might be crow might yes. be lion as well i might just be I, sort of thinking of some birds 
<laughs> yeah, no, I think it is the crow. Um, any any yoga gurus will, gurus will just be laughing at us right now. But um, I yeah, that, I love doing that one. Um, and just a nice sort of like happy baby. Oh, love a happy baby. Yeah, child's pose, you know, yeah. anything that sort of involves lying down, really. <laughs> yeah, love that. I think, what's my favorite one? I love a pigeon pose. Um, mm, which one's that? So it's when you kind of like, it's your back, your, you're doing like a split, but your front leg is kind of like bent inwards. Oh, yes, I like that. And then you're kind of like stretched up and then you go down. Um, and then you can also grab your back leg, pull it up, and then you're kind of like balancing on your knee and you're just like stretching oh, your, yeah. um, I don't know what you're stretching because I'm not really sure about what the muscles are called. Can't remember any of them. Um, but you're just stretching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh love a good stretch I really want to go and do that now as soon as as soon as this podcast yeah. is over I'm going to go and do do a good uh good stretch on on my yoga mat I think <laughs> love that I'll join you there babes <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh well like I said keep listening Lara Hyman who is the host of Redefining Yoga podcast is coming up next Today's podcast is sponsored by Paradise Cove Boutique Hotel in Mauritius. This five-star adults-only hotel is proud to have received a Travel Life Gold Award for sustainability, and the team is committed to creating a future where travel benefits all. Paradise Cove Boutique Hotel is part of the Positive Impact Movement in Mauritius, which works to benefit the local community, economy, and environment. That includes using local suppliers, employing Mauritian staff and having a zero single-use plastic policy. What we really love about the hotel, apart from the incredible views over the lagoon and stunning tropical bedrooms, is the new vegan menu created by award-winning chef Alexis Gautier. Alexis has worked in Michelin-style restaurants for over 12 years and specialises in vegan cuisine. He has developed a special menu for the hotel, training the Mauritian chefs to think outside the box and create show-stopping dishes for every guest to enjoy. If you want to find out more about this beautiful resort in Mauritius, head over to paradisecovehotel.com. I'm pleased to welcome Lara Hyman, who's host of Redefining Yoga podcast and founder of the LYT Method. How are you, Lara? I'm wonderful. Thank you for having me, Holly. So you're joining us from New Jersey today, which is which is fantastic. I love talking to people all around the world. It's just amazing. I know it is. That's a wonderful thing about podcasting and everything that's now become so virtual. It's really, we're all connected. We are. Yeah. So tell us a bit about yourself. So, you know, what point did you kind of get into yoga and why, and how does the whole vegan thing come into it? Oh, wow. So I graduated from grad school for physical therapy and moved up to New Jersey. I was in North Carolina and I had always really been into fitness, into dance, into movement. I was teaching, I was teaching fitness already at that point. Um, so I really loved just sharing my love for movement and dance. And, um, I discovered yoga then. So that was 27 years ago. It was very, it was nothing like it is now. It was, um, much more, you know, not, it wasn't fringe, but it was it not the explosive. Yeah. yeah. And, but I loved, um, the, the, the practice that I was introduced to because it was, it was movement oriented. It wasn't, you know, sitting, um, or long holds or anything like that. So I think that the entryway was important. I think people have tried yoga and it wasn't for them and they might've never gone back. And so for me, I, I tried something that I really liked and really resonated. It made me feel similar to the way I felt like doing dance or running, very, that kind of mindful movement. And then I just wanted to teach it because I was already teaching fitness and there wasn't any yoga around here. So I started teaching it based on like how, you know, I had been taught and doing some readings of the teachings and whatnot. And then I continued to start taking some workshops and eventually teacher training. And at the same time, I was working as a, as a physio and had gotten my postgraduate certification, my specialization in um, neurodevelopment, which is really understanding the brain and how it can, in, how it in, is plastic, how it can change and how we can move better and feel better and have better connections up here and all those things. And so I, I just kind of bridged those two eventually and created what's called the LIT method, where we really 
infuse that idea of brain mapping and better movement habits. And, you know, veganism, um, so I've been teaching yoga and a physical been a physical therapist for 27 years, and I've been a vegan for um, almost 22 years. So I had been vegetarian before that, and I became a vegetarian with along with two of my brothers when we were 13. Aww. And, yeah, we just, you know, we grew up in the south of the U.S. If you're not familiar with that, there's a lot of meat eating there. We had meat almost at every meal. Mm -hmm. And I think from a young age, I... I didn't, it didn't sit with me well. Um, I even looked in my mom, in my baby books that my mom kept, and it's like, Laura didn't like meat. You know, I, I think I didn't love it, the taste of it. To, um, so I think that also made it easier to stop eating it. Mm -hmm. um, but I continued eating other animal products, thinking that I was not harming because I was, you know, just not eating a dead animal. I was just eating byproducts from them. And when I met my husband, he was not vegetarian, and he asked me, like, why are you vegetarian? And I said, I could tell you all the warm and fuzzy reasons, because I, again, loved animals. And, and like I said, from a young age, I remember eating, like, a chicken leg drumstick, and my dog was sitting five feet away. And I had, I mean, I was probably seven, but I had this, like, weird feeling with it. It just felt like it was so visceral that this was not, didn't sit well with yeah. me. It wasn't warm correct that I loved my dog like slept in our bed was on the couch we had cats we had dogs we had um, all kinds of animals and it just but it you know so that was like a first little ping and then then you know there were more of those where it just felt my fifth grade science teacher told us how what bologna was made out of and we had bologna sandwiches I don't even know if that's something in the UK but um, yeah, I've, I've heard of it, like on show, like American. It's basically all the byproducts that you don't use. Ew. It's really, and, and that was really, yeah, that was it. It was like, <laughs> like you know, the anus, the, the, oh the, my the God. skin around the feet. It was just, and, and our science teacher was just telling us this very, you know, methodically. And I was, I remember I just went and threw up. I was like that in so many levels really. And I was like, I'm not going to have bologna anymore. But I kept eating meats, but I knew all these things were just adding up. And so my brothers really were the ones at 13 that came home and said, you know, I don't want to eat meat anymore. And we had this copy of uh, Peter Singer's Animal Liberation that all of us read. So when my husband asked me, I said, I can tell you the warm and fuzzy reasons, but really, if you want the philosophy, read this book. And he did. And for anyone who hasn't read it, it's it really... Uh, it just asks the questions, I think. Like, if we are making these decisions based on some perceived hierarchy um, from a, you know, that we have like a higher brain or we're, we're, we're on the, you know, we're. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On the top of the pyramid, he just kind of debunks all that and just and ask us to question it. So my husband became vegetarian, and then after we got married, we went to a, a farm sanctuary. I, we had just heard about it, and we thought, oh, well, let's go. There's going to be this, like, party down there. And we show up, and pretty much everybody there was vegan. And I had never heard of veganism. Yeah. Like, I had just, I didn't know there was another layer, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm just thinking, I'm so, I'm really doing all the yeah. good things. And they're like, okay, if you're eating basically, you know, eggs and dairy, you're doing, they didn't say you're doing even more harm, but basically they're saying you're doing as much harm. Like if you're eating 
anything with dairy, you might as well be eating veal. And I just was like, oh my God. It was just like, it was, it was this big smack in the face because here I am feeling like I'm open and, and open hearted and doing these things. And I didn't even realize there's just so many layers, so many layers where we have accepted, um, you know, just imprisoning animals for our, for our food, for our furniture, for our fashion, and just it hasn't been called into question. So we came home from that and it was like, boom, everything out of our refrigerator that was dairy or eggs and became vegan overnight and never have looked back. And I think for, you know, in terms of a lot of, I, I was already practicing yoga. Yoga is, you know, talks about hymns and all that and but I think it's that if you are, if you're critical thinking and you're actually challenging some of the norms, and that's really hard because we have been so conditioned. It is when you take, like, remove your conditioned brain and, and come outside of that, which I think yoga can inspire you to do. It doesn't inspire everybody to do. It can also inspire you to do, like, be very rigid. But you start to look and you think, wow, how could I have ever accepted this? How can I accept that, you know, as a child, I was taught to be kind to everything and, you know, love my animals and, and then go home and eat, eat them, mm -hmm. you know, eat other animals. It's, it's, it's like there's such a cognitive dissonance we've been conditioned with from a very young age. And so for me, I always say becoming vegan was the most spiritual, um, enlightening place I'd ever been mm. it was it was incredible so would you say a lot of people that practice yoga are vegan no no <laughs> no. no it's like the big uh, if you want to say there's an elephant in the room in the yoga world and this has been like this for a long time um most I, I don't know percentage but a majority are not even vegetarian right Okay, because is it um, ahimsa? So the concept of like not harming others—that's like yes. a yogic concept. It is. It's the it's the number one. It's the first of the you know philosophical tenets, and it's the first one, which is um, they're called the yamas and the niyamas, and these are like the restraints that we apply to ourselves, and then the way we are in the world. Um, so the way we are in the world is non-harm. Mm. Now, that can be, of course, applied to yourself, but I think a lot of people will use the uh, non-harm, like I need I need animal products so that I don't harm my body because I don't feel as good with it. They can really, you know, so it's a very open-ended idea, but I always, and you know, I, I always introduce this concept without judgment, like can't, the easiest thing to do is to not harm an animal. It's the easiest. It's not necessarily like, going to be easy if your habits are grounded in like you buy this you you eat this and this is all you know like i had i went in i i became pregnant three months after two months after becoming vegan and i was like i better know what i'm doing here because there's not a lot of literature out there and there's a lot of people who are like oh yeah you're not gonna your babies you know this and you're not gonna have this while you're pregnant and meanwhile i had two big babies uh, my children are now 20 and 18. They've been vegan since utero. Uh, but, you know, at that time, I was I was still in the mi minority. I, I didn't know any other vegans in my area. Um, so I, I went in, I learned, I became a vegan chef. I, I really, you know, I, I did my due diligence. I don't think people nowadays have to do that because there's so much information yeah. out there. It's, it's a lot less hard now, isn't it? Like you say, social media... Oh internet blogs just everything is kind of there um for the taking and and of course all the processed vegan products as well yes what what kind of diet do you follow are you kind of whole food plant-based and what what does like a an average day look like for you in terms of like yoga and what you eat yeah i for me i mean and this is also 22 years in i think when people when we first started transitioning, or not even transitioning, when we went right to being vegan, again, we didn't have to also cut out meat because we weren't eating meat. But, um, you know, we had falsely believed that since we weren't eating meat, we really had to eat much more dairy and, yeah. you know, eggs <laughs> and stuff. You know, it's just that's, that's not true. But so um, at that time, there was also a lot of, there was, 
you know, there was like some fake meat stuff then. And so that's a nice transition for people. I didn't miss the meat part, but it was just more like I needed to put something on my plate as I learned um, about, because I really was a terrible cook. Like, it was, you know, like I needed to do this anyway. It was the best blessing to become that. So I would say um, now I really strive to be mostly uh, whole foods. And for anybody that's wondering, like, that just means that it's as closest to its natural form, um, you know, less packaging, just right you know, in its most natural form is really the whole foods diet. That's, that's going to be easy for some and not as easy for others. It, it, it really depends on where you live. Seasonally, you know, this is really easy to be whole foods, plant-based if you live in a nice climate where there's an abundance of, of produce around. Um, it's harder if there's not a lot because, but that's when you learn things like, okay, you know, frozen organic is great because they pick it right in its ripest. It holds on to a lot of the nutrients versus like, you know, boiling it or something. And so I always have good packaging of frozen organic veggies so that I can also use, you know, use those. So don't think that you're doing like that's like a big step down because it's been shown that they're in some ways better to eat that than something that's been sitting in your refrigerator for a week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just, I, you know, I'm not a super, I've never been a big breakfast person. So I really just eat intuitively. I, I'll have a cup of coffee. I'll have, um, a banana with some kind of nut butter usually, um, if, if anything. And that, that might be, you know, at nine o'clock, that might be at 11 o'clock. Just, I don't really tend to be very hungry in the morning. And then I just have, um, some, my, my husband also makes me shakes. So, you know, he, he does shakes with all kinds of stuff that we, we use. Um, we've really settled on Orgain as a wonderful, uh, I'm not associated with him at all. <laughs> yeah. Great. We went out and we were actually doing a college visit out in California with my son and went into this little shop and they made this smoothie and it was like, this is so good. It's not sweet, but it's not, but it's just the perfect amount. And I just said, what do you, and this is what I would recommend to people, like ask, if you go somewhere, be yeah. like, do you have a cookbook for this? Do you have a recipe for this? I went up and said, what is in this? And they were like, it's spinach, it's a little peanut butter, it's um, some blueberries and this organ um, powder with a little bit of almond milk. And that's what we started making. And it was, it was just because not all protein powders are alike. So that's, and it's also, you know, one of those that doesn't have all the kind of different fillers this in there. It. Yeah, some of them are just full of sort of sweeteners and weird ingredients. And you're thinking, hang on, I'm, I'm putting this in a smoothie to be healthy. Exactly. <laughs> but that's all these. You gotta read those ingredients. I mean, I think as anybody becomes vegan, you're just, you're gonna be a you're gonna be a label reader, and that's really great. It, and it's it's good to do because you don't want to. Um, and it's, you'll be surprised as you first become vegan how many things have dairy in it, mm -hmm. byproducts of dairy, whether it's whey or casein. But um, it's really important to be a, a label reader because yeah. you want to know what's going in your body. So what about um, dinner then? What do you what do you tend to eat sort of in the dinner? Um, I tend to you know that's where I'll have. Kind of, I, I look at lunch, like if I have a big lunch, I have a smaller dinner. If I have a, you, I kind of, again, just do what, um, and, and it's, my husband cooks now too. We, my daughter, when she's home, she's at college now, but she is an amazing cook. So she'll be home and make dinner almost every night. Oh, so wow. I get really, I get really spoiled. <laughs> we do, you know, I'll do, um, I do roasted vegetables and tofu uh, over like quinoa or rice. I'll do, we'll do noodles and stir fry. I mean, we kind of do everything. I'll do chilies. I'll do soups. Um, I'll do big salads with a lot of stuff in it. it. We do all kinds of, you know, stuffed potatoes. Love potatoes. I could eat, you know, potatoes every day, and they're so they're so good for you. Uh, so it's it's just very, you know, it's really um, I just try and get that rainbow kind of look, you know, as much as possible. Yeah. That just a diverse amount of. Uh, veggies in there and and any you know we'll use I use quinoa or rice or noodles or potatoes you know something like that yeah so did you say you didn't used to be very good at cooking but now you're a certified yes yeah, certified natural food chef um, specifically natural foods and it's all vegan so yeah I, I I'm one of four um, I'm a triplet so I have two identical brothers. So my mom had four kids in two and a half years. Wow. And I always say, like, I think her, you know, she just was like doing it all. Yeah. And it was, she didn't have time to say, hey, come over here. I want to show you how to chop this up. It was like, 
I got to get dinner. You're, yeah. I, we were off to whatever doing. So I literally never learned how to do that. And um, so, yeah, when I married my husband, his mom was really a good chef. And I was like, okay, pressure's on because the, the bar is so low on my end. So I learned <laughs> some things. But, I mean, I really, looking back, it was just the basics. It was mostly packaged food or salads, you know, it's just real basics. And so when it really, becoming vegan inspired me to learn more because I, you know, I just wanted to do the best I could as a mom to provide nutritious food for my kids and for myself. And it was the best gift. It was a year long um, training. I remember one of my sister-in-laws uh, who's not, you know, not vegan or vegetarian said, a year-long program? Like, is there that much to learn about? <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Because we learned everything. It was macrobiotics as well. I learned about seaweed. I learned, you know, all just everything, just every kind of way of, you know, whether it's um, wheat-based stuff like seitan. We learned how to make homemade seitan, um, a whole thing on legumes and beans, you know, all on grains and then vegetables in all different ways, how to make sushi. It was, it was amazing. So in the, when my kids were younger and I wasn't as busy as I am now with my work, I, I would meal plan out for the week a lot, and I would um, be really diligent about shopping for that week, and you know, just, it just made life easier. As they became busier in high school and I became busier with my work, I got a little bit slack on that range. So my husband also chips in. So we, you know, my goal is to have to have at least, um, you know, five nights of homemade meals. Yeah. And the other two can be either something that we just kind of, that are leftovers or maybe take out. Um, but that's like my goal. Yeah. I think I'm kind of similar. It's hard, isn't it? And you're sort of like, it's I've really got to go and, you know, I try to sort of go to the zero waste store to fill up my nuts and my seeds. But then when you're really busy, you can't. So you're grabbing things in plastic and it's like, ah, <laughs> trying to sort of be this perfect vegan. But I just don't think, you know. Oh, you can. And that's what I, that's, yeah. And that's what I tell people too is, is, and I've learned, I think with age too, to be a little bit, you know, just feel softer on yourself and with others. Like I, I say, I can only speak from my experience to me. Um, I can't imagine ever putting an animal product in my mouth. That's like from my heart and my alignment. But that is not the same. Like if you can do it four days or three days or two days, that's great. And I know in the animal rights world, there's a lot of, you know, um, kind of like, of course, there's we want to completely eliminate um, any use, any animal suffering. And then there's animal advocacy and there's some gray areas in between. And I think we do have to meet people where they are because we can turn people off to it. And it's really, I believe that m most people um, are sympathetic and perhaps empathetic to animal suffering, would never imagine um, what is actually happening until they mm -hmm. see it. So you have to be also gentle because it's like, unlike anything else, it's a daily, at least for the eating part. And, and as we know, veganism is much more than just not eating animals. It's, it's the belief, um, it's, a, it's a very firm belief. And that's the other thing is that some people are not gonna have that and that's okay. Just like some people are not gonna be Catholics or some people are not gonna believe in this. It, that you, you, it's a belief system and um, for me, I'll never leave it behind. But um, I just want to welcome people in whatever way. And yeah, there's no perfect at all. Yeah. It's like doing your best. Yeah. yeah, I'm sort of being tolerant, like you say, and not sort of mm -hmm. being too judgy. <laughs> it's hard, you know, and, and, and I think we all vacillate because for anybody out there that has met like a judgy vegan, it's what we as vegans have done is we've exposed ourselves in some way and some to a huge degree to incredible suffering at a, at a, at a, at a level we can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to carry and not be angry yeah. and not like be like furious that everyone hasn't seen this and, and done something, you know, that it's just an accepted practice. Um, you know, just like something as simple as, I mean, it's not simple, but you know, that, that uh, cows can get, pigs can get castrated without any anesthesia. And that's absolutely an acceptable farm practice. Yeah. And it's excruciating. These are these, all of these little 
little practices that add up to incredible suffering we don't even know about. We don't even know that they're actually legal. And I think if we even knew it or you saw a video of it and, and, you, and you weren't horrified, yeah. then, then that would be an issue. But it's just, so that's, just be tolerant of the people who are really angry because it's hard to see that suffering and not feel incredible anger, just like we, we feel it with any kind of suffering um, with humans or, you know, non-human animals. Yeah, it's sort of a sense of desperation sometimes, isn't it? You want to tell everyone and, and just sort of, just say stop this is not right and we all need to just like find a better way of doing things but obviously it's not going to happen overnight um we've we're seeing a lot of kind of protests and things in the uk at the moment i don't know if it's the same over in the us we've just had um just stop oil sort of live um on tv like uh taking over a snooker uh game so um you know, they kind of uh, jumped up on the snooker table when there's like pro snooker players playing. Um, we've obviously had the Grand National horse race and we had protesters there. And this weekend coming up, we've got, um, I think they're aiming for 100,000 people outside Parliament in London um, for, for Earth Day on Saturday. So there's there's this sense that, you know, people are becoming kind of more more engaged and have more of a sense of urgency. What would you say to people who who do kind of feel all this eco-anxiety and this sort of, you know, stress and burden on their shoulders about the fact that the world's not changing fast enough? Can, you know, could we use yoga to kind of like bring us down, calm us down and just help us sort of channel our energies a bit more positively rather than sort of <laughs> mass hysteria and panic? <laughs> Yes. I mean, it is hard not to panic for sure. It's hard not to be angry. It's hard not to feel despair. Um, So just know that you can feel those things and also feel like we can hold two things at once. We can feel it all and let it let it um, motivate us to do what we can. And and also just at the same time, recognize we need rest as well. Like we're going to have to put down that that gauntlet at some point. But I think the, one of the best things to do is look at it as an awakening. Um, you know, that's what veganism was for me. It was just made me look at things differently. And some of the times you'll, I mean, incredible frustration and anguish. And, but I, ju- I take care of myself. And, and I know that if I take care of myself and I'm in alignment in every way, physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, I am better equipped to handle those feelings and then to say, okay, what can I do about it today? If we look at it in a panicky way, um, that that can work for some people, but for a lot of people, they'll just burn out. You know, it'll just, it'll lead to a burnout feeling or it'll lead to anger that is unrestrained and that's never gonna be, you know, anger, unfortunately, it can wet our appetite, but it can't sustain us. So I think it's just, what I do is I just, you know, I, I know when I practice um, my form of yoga, which is really rewiring, it's really like taking old habits or wanting to improve habits or reinforce habits. It's helping me settle my nervous system, but also feel clear and energized. And so I think that just, making sure you're taking care of you because a lot of activists don't do that well and because your nervous system requires it you have you're going to be we're just bombarded with so much more now and when you're bombarded with all of this leading to an incredible amount of anxiety like the world is shit and we're going to all burn up or whatever it is (laughs) um you know while it might feel true, it's not like in that moment, we, we need to do something more productive with it. You know, I look at my mom who has been an activist for a long time in a very different way. And what she has done is the snail mail way. She writes letters and she's been doing it since I was a teenager. You know, writing about something that isn't fair and writing about something that isn't fair and donating her money to this and showing up for this and educating about um, the importance of spay and neutering. So all these little things make her feel like she's contributing. And that's what she can contribute in in the way she could because she, you know, 
her skill set is not this, or she was very busy with that. So I think it's like, find some way you can contribute. Because then you can say, I did something. I spoke out for something. I um, offered a different opinion. I gave money to this, or I showed up at a march. And it's really hard. I think we have to live with this state of it's so hard because our government, I'm sure the UK is a similar way, our government um, is deeply rooted into systems that oppress it's someone, something, you know, and that and and the and the money that's gained is gained with someone losing out. That's really hard to undo that overnight. But the best thing we can do is vote with our dollars. We can show up to these things and um, you know vote with our protest or vote with our. But we really—that's the thing about veganism. We've shown that, and it's. And I loved that in the UK now that you know vegan products. I, I think that they were saying the dairy. I was reading just the other day. You know, dairy products are now um, making they're less profitable than non-dairy. Yeah. That's what. That's how you change these systems because otherwise you will bang your head against the wall and it will feel like you're not going anywhere, but you have to vote with your conscience and your, and, and just that's what will change things. Mm -hmm. And sh you know, show up, but take care of yourself because you wanna be in it for the long run. T I remember meeting my favorite, my favorite animal advocate. He's the one that changed, I mean, that changed my mind about everything. Uh, Gene Bauer from Far San Farm Sanctuary. He's the calmest, kindest person. And I would look at him and I'd be like, you, he's, he's seen the most horrific, horrific things and he just is like every, you know it's just it's just pushing the rock up a hill and but he does it with this like I'm able to if if I you know I'm not suffering just like a hair compared to the animals yeah. that I'm trying to help so I can show up and be do it and, ha and that's what I've always thought how do I best represent the animals I'm probably not going to do it with anger yeah and I'm probably not going to do it with hatred so I have to I have to do it with love because that's going to bring more people in. Yeah, that's really good advice. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> I mean, you know, you learn, and it doesn't mean you don't have the feelings, and it's fine because you're going to have the feelings. You just have to come back to like what is the best thing for the message that you're delivering. Yeah. What would be if if someone you know wanted to kind of use yoga just to kind of reconnect with themselves with the earth with the world around them and just to sort of bring that those stress levels down what would what would be the one sort of tip you'd give like you know perhaps doing 10 minutes in the morning or something like that how can you how can we incorporate it into our day when we're busy um there's i would say do it as you can and do something that engages your core and your core is not just your abdominals it's your center because your core is also the place where your fire and ambition and your will and your drive connects you to your heart, right? So in your, your, your and that connects you to your brain, there's a lot of uh, research on how important the working the core is for managing stress, um, for kind of rewiring patterns of behavior. You know, if you tend to always kind of be this uh, glass is half empty person like you can change a lot actually through your physical body because your body is not just a body it's your it contains everything mm -hmm. so do something that engages your core because that is going and it could be as simple as like get on all fours and do a bird dog or something or do plank or do a bridge pose like our entire our our lit method the first you know five to 15 minutes it's called the reset and what it is doing is it's going through the developmental sequences that we did from when we were a baby and we started lying on our stomach and getting onto our knees and crawling and coming into half kneel. So these were all when we developed our, our brain got bigger, our motor control got bigger, and we did that through our body. And we can come back to that uh, because we're going into those very deep postural core muscles. Those are the muscles that are closest to the bones and they have a lot of proprioceptive um, quality to them. And proprioceptive is like this f knowing where you are in space. That sense of, of tapping into that really 
is helping you stay aligned. That's what I say, like, your core is your essence. It's your life, it's your strength, and it's your core values. So getting doing something like that versus just kind of flopping around and moving the arms, that can feel good. You're definitely do, moving some tissue and getting some blood flow, but really some kind of purposeful, and it can be 10 minutes, yes. So if you wanna do it in the morning, great. What I say, it's better to do 10 minutes a few times a day at different chunks when you can fit it in than to wait and try and do 50 minutes and maybe it would happen and maybe it doesn't. Because what you actually are doing is you're, re you're fueling yourself. So that 10 minutes is actually gonna end up making, making you more alert, more energized, more efficient than not doing it. So when people say, I'm not sure I have the time, I'm like, this is gonna give you time. Yeah. <laughs> it will give you time. You know, that first week or two of getting it into your ha habit formation is gonna be the hardest. So just really block it out, put reminders on, have like an accountability partner or whatever it is, and, and just know that get it into your habits. And then you, like, I know how much better and clearer I feel when I move. And so it's just, it's locked in there. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean there aren't days where I don't want to. There are, but I just, it's locked in here. I know, okay, I'm gonna do it and it makes me feel better. And I already have put that in my programming. Yeah, well, I love that. I'm so gonna add that 10 minute little session in the morning and perhaps one in the afternoon, see how I get on. <laughs> yes, yes, we have some, we actually have a wake up series because so many people, you know, in this transition, of going back to work or kids going whatever there's they felt like they had you know even less time than maybe during the pandemic and yeah so it's just like 10 minutes start off the day and then you can add in another 10 of, of another kind of class later yeah i think um well myself and my co-host earlier in the show were talking about how during lockdown we kind of really got into yoga and I think that happened with a lot of people because you're like oh my god I've got all this time and I'm stuck at home and I'm gonna learn this and do this and then obviously now we're all back at work and the world is turning at a million miles an hour again it's like oh all those good things that I put into my life <laughs> I know I know what can we what, yeah what can we hold on to and I think that's something that I've seen over the years too is that you know, when we started our platform, it had, it just simulated what I did in my stu studio. It was a 75 minute class. There was a few hour classes and people were fine with that. And over the last, it's, we've had it now for four years, people are like, oh, I really like the 20 and 30 minute classes. And that used to bother me. I'm like, what? You can't give yourself an hour? But I recognize like, okay, maybe not an hour in one full swoop. And that's just the reality of many people's lives. Mm -hmm. So we've made a lot more, uh, we've made the shorter classes because yeah, otherwise people might not do anything. Yeah. What are your, um, what's your website then, your social media so that our listeners can go and find out more and, and sort of yeah. get involved? So the website is lit, L-Y-T. Um, that stands for Laura's Yoga Technique because it is not just yoga and it's more than physical therapy. It's like a real mo comprehensive movement system and it's aimed to help you know your body. We are not taught about our body, just like we're not taught about veganism. We're not taught about our bodies in school, you know, and we're living in this body without much knowledge. So what we do probably more than what you would get, definitely more than you get in a regular yoga class, but it just, you're going to be educated about your body and, and how to take care of it for years to come. So lit, um, but it's also about feeling lit up. We want to feel really, we want to feel bright because there is a lot we're facing in the world. And it isn't about putting on like a fake face, but it's about feeling revved up to be able to handle um, all the things, to celebrate things, to also be able to manage, you know, the stress and grief that exist as well. Mm -hmm. So lityoga.com. Um, and then on Instagram, you can find our brand at lityogamethod. And you can find me at lara.hyman. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. I feel so much calmer already. Just like, oh, it's going to be all right. Molly. I really appreciate it. And, you know, we're coming to Europe this summer. Oh, amazing. Uh, we'll be, yes, we're going to be there in July. You can look at the dates on lityoga.com. If you go to um, the shop, it'll have the, um, the workshops, in-person workshops. So we're coming to Paris and Salzburg and um, Frankfurt. Okay. We were, in, we were in the UK last year, but we're having a bunch of UKers come down there. So wherever you're listening from, check out that. We have, and we're having vegan fun stuff in it. You know, we have our workshops, but we also have some wonderful 
um, kind of just group group bonding stuff. We're gonna go do some vegan wine and cheese, um, biking, like the, the the Sound of Music bike tour. Anyway, just Brilliant. check it out because there's there's some extra add-ons. So it's really lovely to be around. Um, like-minded people who want to feel lit up in life. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Really restorative. So, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Well, I hope you're feeling a bit more zen-like after that interview. Please do let me know what you thought of Lara and what she had to say. Send us an email, simplyvegan at anthem.co.uk or, of course, leave us a review on your platform of choice. It helps us to rank in the charts and reach more people. As we said earlier in the show, we've we've got uh, lunchtime live cook-alongs coming up every second Friday of each month. So please do head to patreon.com and sign up there. And also, don't forget you can subscribe to Vegan Food and Living magazine. If you want to try an issue, it's just 99p if you head to veganfoodandliving.com forward slash podcast. There's so many recipes and features on everything from ethics and the environment to fashion and nutrition. See you next week. 